This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, later on today uh, in Vancouver at the Convention Centre, the American Academy of Pain Medicine's 34th annual meeting will be taking place. And one of the speakers at the conference coming up a bit later today is uh, Dr. Patrice Harris, uh, the chair of the American Medical Association's Opioid Task Force. And Dr. Harris joins us on the line now. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for being here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, good morning. Uh, you will be uh, speaking at the um, the meeting coming up a bit later today. Uh, talk a little bit, if you can, about uh, the Opioid Task Force and what you'll be talking about uh, when you uh, take the stage. Yes, well, in 2014, the American Medical Association Board of Trustees established this task force. The goal was to amplify efforts that were already underway by physicians across the country, Uh, but we also wanted to enhance those efforts, uh, come up with new recommendations with the spirit of collaborating even more on those efforts. Of course, with the the ultimate goal is to um, end the tide of the opioid epidemic. The task force is made up of uh, 26 state and medical specialty societies, and thus far, We've come out with uh, six recommendations, and uh, we have really uh, been working hard to make sure that uh, we were demonstrating physician leadership and physician engagement on this issue. And will you be addressing or talking at all about uh, the idea of prescribing opioids and addiction and uh, the the kind of the line between uh, prescriptions, uh, people who depend on opioids and opioid overuse? Absolutely. Throughout uh, the history of this epidemic, it's been critical uh, to understand the appropriate use of prescription opioids, but also to appreciate treatment for pain. These opioids are prescribed for pain, and we have to make sure that there are a multidisciplinary array of treatment options for our patients in pain. So the conversation around opioids and the use of opioids and the misuse of opioids goes hand-in-hand with pain. And you also mentioned substance use disorders. We have to make sure that we are talking about substance use disorders as well. Uh, Those who have addiction, those who have opioid use disorders need our care and compassion, and they need treatment. And certainly in the last several months or so, we have really highlighted the need for treatment because in the United States, on average, nine out of 10 people who want evidence-based medication-assisted treatment for substance use disorders do not have access to it. And why is that? I think there are many barriers uh, to our patients receiving medication-assisted therapy. Uh, First, certainly, we need uh, more uh, physicians and other health entities to offer this uh, treatment in the United States. Uh, You have to um, get a waiver. You have to take courses and uh, become wavered, as we say, and registered. And so that can sometimes be a barrier, but that is one of the AMA's recommendations. We are urging all physicians to uh, take the training and get wavered to provide that medication-assisted treatment, that office-based buprenorphine treatment. But there are also some barriers on the payer side. 
of course, for those who have insurance, sometimes there are prior authorization requirements, which means the patient and or the physician have to make phone calls, fill out uh, forms, uh, get those forms back before a patient uh, can get into a treatment opportunity. And we know that uh, sometimes a delay in care for those who have substance use disorder uh, could mean death. And then there's the issue of no coverage at all. And uh, we know that the public funding system in the United States uh, for substance use disorders have been woefully underfunded over the last couple of decades. And so we really have to make sure there is appropriate funding so that an adequate treatment infrastructure can be established. We hear sometimes from patients in in BC that rely on opioids that have chronic pain and rely on a drug treatment that it has been called back or their doctors are more reluctant to prescribe because of the opioid crisis and the overdose crisis that we're experiencing here. Is that also happening in the United States? Yes. Uh, the AMA and I hear from patients and physicians who talk about the inability to um, get uh, prescription opioids because in some ways there has been a singular focus on the need to decrease the number of prescriptions. And, And make no mistake about it, it is appropriate to reduce prescriptions. And by the way, uh, that has been done in the United States. In fact, the number of prescriptions have been decreasing since 2012, and they continue to decrease. So there's no question um, that we need to decrease the number of opioids prescribed and that they should only be prescribed when the benefit outweighs the risk. But in our zeal, we are hearing that, uh, and I would say inappropriate zeal to address this issue, we are hearing that some patients are unable to get their medications. I was just on a call yesterday um, with uh, physicians who are involved in palliative care. They often use IV meds, and they said that they were having uh, difficulty getting access to those meds. I also hear from patients who say at this point um, they are afraid uh, to take medications, even when it's appropriate for them Uh, because of what they are hearing. And some folks who are prescribed these medications um, feel pressured to get down to a certain arbitrary dose limit. And finally, and most unfortunately, uh, one of my patients said he uh, felt like a criminal uh, when he goes into the the pharmacy. So it's important that we uh, don't end up stigmatizing our patients with chronic pain at the same time that we are appropriately doing all that we can to address the opioid epidemic. Hmm. And, and is that somebody is somebody saying he feels like a criminal when filling the prescription? Yes, yes. And, and I don't, uh, you know, in, in recounting his story to me, it's not as if someone used those words, uh, you know, to him directly, but um, with all the questions and, uh, and some, listen, some are absolutely appropriate, particularly for new starts. But this gentleman has been on his medications for a while. Um, he has never taken them. Um, he has always taken them as prescribed and directed by his physician. Um, his physician does urine drug screens, and there's never been a problem. So he is someone that has uh, followed the letter of the law, as 
it comes to his uh, medical treatment, but yet and still he still feels like, um, uh, you know, he's a criminal, he says, when he goes into the, the pharmacy to, uh, to obtain his prescription. Hmm. Is part of it also the understanding of how addictive these substances can be and the importance of knowing that and, and when dealing with pain management? Well, there's no question uh, that these medications are uh, to be used only when the benefits outweigh the risk. And the AMA, of course, along with, with others, recommend that you start at the lowest effective dose and you give that for the shortest duration of time. Uh, the AMA is also encouraging physicians to have those conversations when they talk to um, patients about the risk and benefits of opioids and also the alternatives. But I will say, when it comes to some of the alternatives, there are barriers uh, to getting the alternatives uh, funded, again, if you are fortunate enough to have insurance, uh, physical therapy, acupuncture, uh, some of the other uh, non-opioid, in fact, non-pharmacy um, options for treatment are not always covered uh, by insurers. And if they are covered, uh, they are not covered in the same manner. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is that um, a physical therapy requires, I'll just use that as an example, um, requires much more time. And so physical therapy absolutely um, can help, may be appropriate, but we can't lose sight of the fact that um, if a patient is required to go to physical therapy three times a week, there may be three additional uh, co-payments for that, or uh, there may be transportation issues. So, again, we have to really appreciate all of these recommendations in context and make sure that we uh, look at the entire picture when we discuss uh, these alternatives. All right. Dr. Harris, we'll have to leave it there, uh, but I know it will be a very interesting day ahead at the Conference Centre. Thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. I appreciate it. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.